Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I am in my garage under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. How are you? I hope you're well. Welcome to the show. Welcome to, uh, well, welcome to the reconfigured studio. I've been, uh, uh, let's not get into this too much now, but um, I'm trying to configure our studio here in the garage so that two people can be in here comfortably and sit across from each other to record the show. Now, I don't know if you saw any of the video from the uh, Hudson and Dad show. Dan and Hudson have no answers, but we kind of sat shoulder to shoulder and we're kind of looking to the camera. And we can't really talk to each other. It's a whole thing. So in my usual short side, short, hi, how are you? Short-sightedness, I'm reconfiguring the studio so the people can look at each other while they record, but then I have no idea where the camera's going to go. Like literally no idea at all. So whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe it's one, you know what I mean? Maybe when it's one person, it looks like this and it's two people, you can, uh, you know, watch hand puppets. We'll just do a puppet show for any other, right? We've got puppets. You know, we have puppets. Let's not kid ourselves. There are puppets. Well, let's begin at the beginning. Oh, I look a little hung up on Alpha Geek Media. Let's check our technology. I don't know. The system seems from my end. You know what I mean? Like all I can do, the the part of it that I can do is working as good as it's going to work. This is the equipment. This is the setup. What can I do? Um, The lighting actually looks a lot better than I thought it was going to. I stopped worrying about it. And apparently this is it. It looks kind of moody in here which is how I like it. I actually really like it in here. I think I'm going to start living out here. I think, uh, you know, I have a family of four, me and three others, my, me, my wife, two kids. I think we'd all be happier if I just dragged the futon out here. I I think, (coughs) I think that would be fine. I, I, I think that would be fine. So, so all signs are, here we we. I got to tell you something. All signs, honestly, you know, you wonder what all signs are. All signs are that I'm going to stop doing this show live because it is a pain in my rectum. No, it's working fine. Just stop. Okay, so listen. So let's start at the beginning. Let's not let's not talk about the studio just yet. We're going to get to that. And the fact that I can hear the fan again and the computer again. Can you hear that? Or did I? Did I? Hopefully, please, Lord, make it so that by the time anyone hears this. Uh, I will have been able to ref- r- remove <clears throat> remove that fan. I can't speak. Is uh, remove? I'm drunk. Remove that fan sound. There we go. You know what? It is? There's a, just enough delay in my uh, earbuds. Is that better? No, I can't hear anything now. Which actually is probably a lot better. Trust me. So, so last. Uh, <clears throat> so last week I was in here, I recorded the show and then, um, you know, that takes a while. That takes an hour and a half. We uh, Apparently I've been using a lot of the hour and a half that I have on Alpha Geek Media to do these shows. So uh, by the time I'm done, I got to get in the house. I got to get the hell out of the studio because the studio gets very hot. I've done nothing about that, by the way. But the studio gets very hot and I get very hungry. So I got to get the heck out of here. So 
last Thursday at around one o'clock or whatever it was, I left the studio. Now I'd been in here since 1130 in the morning Pacific time, right? I, I leave the studio, I go in the house and I'm going to, I get something to eat. I heat something. I forget what it was. And, um, I get out my laptop and how did this even work that I was so focused? But basically, so my daughter and I had been listening to a lot of Amy Winehouse lately, and I don't know why. And um, I think what it is, we keep putting off, my wife and I keep putting off watching the Amy documentary, which I really want to see. So instead of watching the Amy documentary, which we have access to, I was, I think I was searching YouTube for Amy Winehouse concert videos. I wanted to find one kind of in that sweet spot where Back on Black was out, Back to Black was out, and she was very successful, but not totally stoned. I think there's some concert videos that are in that sweet spot where she still kind of had it together. There's some sad ones. <clears throat> so I was looking for kind of an, a good, uplifting Amy Winehouse video. And I was watching Amy, and I'm eating my spaghetti or whatever I heated. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a what a loss. For Amy Winehouse to die at the age of 27, all the music she could have put out, if only someone could have helped her. And I ran out of time. I'd, eaten, I'd finished my lunch, and I'd run out of time. I was just like last bites. So much to do. So many things to scrub and clean and fold and separate and, and right. But I think, you know what I'm going to do? <clears throat> Before I um, put my dishes in the sink and wash the dishes and get on with all the post-podcast day, the rest of my Thursday. I'm going to just quickly look at Facebook. And I look at Facebook, and there's an article written as if Prince has died, which I found strange. Because why would someone refer to Prince in those ways when Prince is an immortal creature sent from the planet Orgasmo to funkify our lives. There's no need to discuss right life after Prince. There is no life after Prince because there's no after Prince. Again, immortal planet Orgasmo. Okay, so... Now, as you know, on Facebook, Jackie Chan has died 27 times. So I have long since uh, stopped believing anything I see on Facebook. When someone dies, it do that doesn't mean anything. It has to be checked and rechecked and double checked. And I've got, I need sources. But unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, the website that's kind of talking like Prince died or something is the New Yorker. Now, how they have a five-page piece on remembering Prince 27 minutes after he has passed away, I have no idea. I think what happens, and if you're smart and you're in the media, this is what you do. When someone's plane makes an emergency landing on the way home, a super rock star private plane, it's time to start writing the obits. So I, you know, I double-checked. I double, are you kidding? And rumor has it that Prince died. La I think last Thursday, a week ago, right now, Prince died. Now, 
I, I redistributed the old show that I did about Prince. I didn't listen to it, so I don't know how much we covered. I'm sure we covered Prince ad nauseum, which means makes me nauseous. How much, right? So I don't know what I said in that show. That show was, uh, I don't even remember when, 2010, 2013, 20, I have no idea. Um, so I don't even know how much to say about it other than I'm shocked and saddened and in a lot of denial because, well, it's, it's kind of that weird thing, honestly. Partly you don't want people like Prince, whoever Prince is for you could be different. But when I say Prince, you hear me say whatever, Kobe Bryant or something. I don't know what your thing is, you know, but you don't you partly don't expect uh, to outlive them. But you also partly don't expect them to ever get old. And we can't have it both ways. They have to either get old. Or we have to die young or they have to die. Some Somebody has to die in this scenario for one of your weird ass little fantasies to come true. So either for them to never get old, they have to die or you have to die before they get too old. So a lot of, you know, a lot of bootleg videos hitting the web, a lot of uh, news coverage. I think I heard the song Let's Go Crazy in the first 27 hours. I don't know what's so special. Did he do a song called 27? Why do I keep using 27 as the random example number? But I, I heard Let's Go Crazy on the radio so many times that I almost had to just pull over and murder the car. And for those of you young enough to not know, a radio is the thing that's in your car that plays music while your Bluetooth is connecting to your iPhone. And yeah, I probably said this in the last show. I, I haven't really kept up with Prince's music probably I, 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? Um, and there was even, so, so in 1985, uh, Prince came to Syracuse University. My wife went, we didn't even know each other then, but Melissa went. And, and recently, a video of the whole concert suddenly sprang to life. Now that, you know, daddy's away, all the kids are bringing out their toys, I guess. So, um, and I thought to myself, well, why didn't you go to that show? And it's because that was such a weird time. 1985, for me, I, I was busy. Prince had the audacity to not release an album for like a year and a half, which, <laughs> you know, by today's standards is nothing. What I want to do, this is what I want to do. And it's not, it's not a fair fight, but. I think I've said this before. So Hudson and I are always, we're driving around in the car and we think to ourselves, hey, when are the Strokes going to put out a new record or, or Vampire Weekend or one of these bands that he and I both listen to and enjoy? And then we're like, oh, you know, it's been like two years or three. How long has it been since Muse put out a new record? Two years, three years, The Killers, four year, five, Vampire Week, right? And we try to do that math. What I want to do is write out a timeline. And with Prince, it's not even fair. So, like, starting from 1979, how many albums and exactly how often did Elvis Costello put out a record? And then starting in 1979, how, how often and how many times did uh, Squeeze put out a record? Joe Jackson put out a record. The, the Clash put out a record. The Jam 
We'll probably you have to go back. Okay. Well, we're going to string those all together and superimpose it against an identical calendar with Vampire Weekend. I think between the first and second Vampire Weekend records, Prince put out 17 albums. So that's how you're into Prince as much as we were when we, when us old people were young. There was new stuff and a new look, a new hairstyle, a new dance every 12 months, pretty much. It was insanity. And I don't want to talk too much about Prince because everybody's been talking so much about Prince. But what I did do is I kept thinking like, oh, you know what I'd really love to hear is uh, Dirty Mind, the, the album, Dirty Mind. But I don't have Dirty Mind. I think I bought Dirty Mind on CD and Controversy on CD in uh, uh, the very early 90s and they were stolen out of my house or something, I think. That must be where they are. I haven't seen them in a long time. And then I realized that I don't, I don't even have Purple Rain on CD because I, I bought it on, I have it on vinyl. Now, here, hold on. Let's look at this. For, for, nobody's watching, right? Is anybody even here? Let's see if anyone's here. Oh, I'm not even here. What happened? Sorry, chat room. I, oh, because I had to reload the page. Yeah, okay, sorry. Anyway, no one's watching. This won't end up on YouTube because it'll be so out of sync. It won't be watchable. I wanted to find, oh, hi, there's a microphone. I wanted to find, um, I couldn't find my controversy album. But I did find this bad boy. Oh, yeah. Purple Rain. I bought, this is from that summer. I did, when did this even come out? Let's think about it. 84? Yeah, 1984. I didn't buy this at Whole Foods. I bought this in 1984. You know, okay. Not all, this is crazy thought. I know, but this, not all vinyl comes from uh, Barnes and Noble. Prince bootleg that I bought uh, 20 years ago. What's on here? Extra lovable, you call me, let me feel you up, irresistible. Oh yeah, hmm. Cindy C. Oh, there's even some stuff on here from the Black Album. I just want to. I just want to look really. I haven't looked at this in so long. Oh look, it's pink. How cute is that? Is that the cutest thing you've ever seen? Pink, twelve-inch vinyl. Generation Power Generation fan. Okay, let's put this away. We're making a mess now. Are they both pink? Oh no, this one. Look at this. This one's blue. See, kids. Sometimes vinyl is different colors. Okay. We're putting that away for those of you not looking. Put that over here. What's this? Oh, I liked Prince so much back in the 80s, I would buy Morris Day records. Daydreaming by Morris Day. This is the one with what? Oh, Fishnet. Yeah. Not Oak Trees. The uh, other one with Fishnet. Produced by Morris Day. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Because you know the time is Prince, right? The time is Prince. Vanity Six is Prince. The family is Prince. I have a family cassette here. I put it away the other day. Here's Sign of the Times. I think Sign of the Times is black, though, right? I haven't... God, I haven't even opened this up in... Yeah, this is just black. Oh, look how pretty. Okay, enough of that. And then I found all these CDs. But again, I can't... I don't think I have Dirty Mind of Controversy. Those are the ones that I wanted to hear. And I'm very upset that I can't find my Controversy LP because that was, that was my first Prince record that I actually owned. You know, Marsha Jones had me bring her copy of Dirty Mind home and listen to that. I don't think there's anything really. I think all this stuff is still. 
I mean, who knows? Knowing Prince, all this stuff is now collectibles because he would take stuff. Oh, look, here's a Lance Anderson postcard. That's not Prince. What is this? That's not Prince. Half of these I've never even heard. What's this? This is a good one. This has a lot of rare stuff on the third disc. Okay, enough of that. Anyway, that's Prince. He's gone. It's very, uh, it's very upsetting and very nostalgic and very, I don't even know what, but it just is. This is Morris Day 45, The Art of Noise featuring Tom Jones. What's this? Oh, it's a, tw it's a 45 of Kiss. What's the B-side? Love or Money. I think that ended up on a CD. There's Wendy. Isn't that Wendy? Yeah. All right. Wow. I really want to listen to some of that. What's this? Oh, and then... Oh, what does this say? Yeah, oh, that's pretty funny. This box says that this is a cassette. So this is the sound of a cassette. They'll probably come back next, right? Are you guys... Are you kids going to bring cassettes back? Please just don't bother. It says it's crystal ball, but actually inside of it is a Style Council pre-recorded tape. <laughs> Confessions of a pop. Oh, that's a good. That's a good record. Okay. So yeah. So I cleaned out the studio. Hey, let me tell you something. This place is a freaking bottomless pit. Um, I'm trying to get back into the chat room. Oh, I can't type. Okay. L a s s. Uh, hope nobody's watching this. This is so embarrassing. So um. Yeah, this studio really is a clown car of garbage. I have been pulling stuff out of here for days. It's still a disaster. But I've at least moved the table, which means I've left less space behind me. I haven't decorated behind me if you're looking at this. But now it doesn't look like a, like a big closet. It looks like the den of a sad old man. Like all this used brown furniture and little mementos and things. Oh, it's dreadful. I don't think anybody's in the chat room. Okay, good. So because I was having technical difficulties, of course, because God, what, what would the podcast be without technical difficulties? Again, and I'm not joking. We're going back to just recording the show. We're going to record the show. If I want to shoot it so badly, I'm just going to shoot it on my Canon, not live. And eventually, maybe if I feel like I'd upload that, this isn't worth it right because <laughs> why am i doing this live no one's watching no one's listening the show is suffering and the resulting video is inferior to what i would get if i just shot it you know as a production and not a broadcast i am not gaining anything from this being a broadcast except panic attacks last minute like 11.28 a.m. Thursday morning panic attacks every week, wondering if I'm going to be able to pull off the show on time because everything goes wrong. And I have no story to tell you. See, again, again, I'm in this situation where I just do work. You know what I mean? Like I've just been cleaning out the studio and trying to record the show this morning. I thought I had plenty of time to kind of get my head together. And we talked about the prescriptions last week, right? I think we just gave up on the prescription, by the way. I don't think my wife's like, nah, I'll get something else. You know what I mean?
Oh my God, I was just outside with the dog. The dog, listen, I know, I get it. The dog wants to be outside more. I, I get it. I get it. And the dog, as far as I'm concerned, the dog could effing live outside, except the dog doesn't understand the rules of being outside. Now, the number one rule for the dog, the rule of being outside is you cannot eat just random stuff you find in the ground. Rule number one. But that's all he wants to do is eat random. I God only knows what it is. And I think part of what happens is squirrels and possums and God only knows, maybe homeless guys, I have no idea, are constantly leaving weird stuff in our backyard. Like, why is there an avocado in my backyard? I wouldn't put an avocado in our backyard. We don't have an avocado tree. If I ever buy an avocado, I eat the avocado. Sometimes I find an avocado in our back. I have, I have no idea. Why? Why? I found a bone. A bone. I, from what? I have no idea. Cause I, you know how there's this, there is a certain set of bones that you understand are dinner bones. You know what I mean? Like chicken wings, maybe the bone of a pork chop, that kind of thing. Like there, you do have, we all have, right? A set of bones that we immediately recognize that we would recognize as dinner type bones, food bones. Then we also have a set of bones that we would recognize, you know, obviously from humans, the skull, fingers, stuff like that. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't, I don't know the story about this bone. Like, I don't know if it's the jawbone of a wolf. I have no, right? I don't know what's happening. Why is there a bone picked fairly clean uh, in my backyard? So number one, you can't just re eat random crap that you find. Number two, you cannot roll around in the dirt. Now, this is California, Southern California. We don't get that much rain, which means the dirt is always dry, which is fine. But that means it's also always loose. And so if the dog rolls around in it, he gets dirty, like not muddy, but very dirty. And he likes to roll around where the grass is thin. Why is the grass thin? Not much rain. Why is the dirt dirty? Not much rain. See, it all kind of works together to make it so the dog shouldn't roll around in the dirt. Okay, that's rule number two. And then rule number three, that's just a minor one. You can't F around with the dog next door. You can't constantly get him to bark and run around. You can't do that. And so what that means is, Instead of the dog living outside, which is his desire, I have to take him outside to, to do his business. You know what I mean? His cycle business. So, and that's fine. I got no problem with that other than, so my choices are I take him outside in the front of the house or I take him outside in the back of the house. Now, if I take him in the front of the house, I got to put a leash on him. I got to put on probably a chat. You know what I mean? Like I want to look kind of normal. But then what happens when I go out there is then he has to go, you know, because my wife has trained him that, hey, isn't it fun to walk all the way down to the end of the block to the stop sign? Not really. It's not that fun at all. And while I'm walking all the way out to the stop sign, I am vulnerable to interaction with the neighbors. Any neighbor could just suddenly come and start talking to me at any moment. 
while I'm walking the dog. That's why I like to maintain a certain, right? Yes, I know, right? Okay, I know. A normal person would be like, oh, that's fun. That would be fun. Maybe every once in a while I'll see Janet that lives across the street. Rex that lives up the head, right? But no, I don't. Can we just, because I'm just, I want the dog to pee. I want to go in the house. Or I take him out in the back. But then I have to watch him like a hawk because he's going to eat things and rile up the dog next door and roll around in the dirt. So he knows my situation. He knows that he and I don't share a language. And he knows he's the dog. He knows that I am taking him out there to poop. And he has determined that I know his walking pattern when he's going to poop. A dog, or at least our dog, has a certain gait, a sniffing gait. Like, you can't just poop. You have to poop facing, you know, vernal equinox, and it has to be in a certain thing, in a certain angle, in a certain spot. So what he does is he gets this, just this very specific tempo that he gets while he's sniffing around. So when I call him, sometimes I pressure him. I try to get him to do his business. I start calling him and then he knows, oh, I got to hurry up. So he'll start to try to do his thing. But I think he caught on. And now what he does is he walks around with his poop gate, you know, like poop rhythm, acting like he's sniffing around for somewhere to poop. And really, he's just sniffing around. He just likes sniffing around because to him, that's like checking Facebook. So he like pretends, I'm pretty sure our dog pretends that he's about to poop. Or he knows he is going to poop. He actually legitimately has to poop, but he waits and he waits and he waits and he wants to see how long he cannot poop, but prepare to poop until I go berserk and start chasing him around the backyard. No, he's got ice. And again, you know, maybe I'm uh what's the word I'm looking for? Anim anamorphizing? No. You know what I mean? When you give an animal, human, whatever, blah, blah, I, I'm pretty sure that he is onto me and I'm pretty sure uh, that he's conning me. Basically, totally conning me. Yeah. So last night, so yesterday, I, um, the dog wasn't feeling well or something, okay? Now, when I was a kid, we always had dogs. My mother always had at least a dog. Sometimes it was one dog. Sometimes it was one dog and a couple cats. Sometimes it was two dogs. But we always had at least a dog, right? And every once in a while, one of our a dog, the, a, the dog, a, a, the, the dog, you know, would start to eat a lot of grass. And my mother would always say, oh, yeah, they do that when they're not feeling well. It's okay. And I'd be like, really? And they're like, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. And then inevitably the dog either stops eating the grass or it throws up. And I, I should have warned you that this particular conversation was going to get this uh, biological, but I didn't know. Do you understand? You can't, you can't blame me for the contents of spontaneity. So I grew up in a household and in a family with dogs that every once in a while they ate grass. We let them eat grass. They would stop eating it and then they would throw it up and whatever. But our dog, uh, for some reason, not allowed to eat grass. And I don't know why. 
but he's not. I don't make these rules. Do you understand? I just try to enforce the rules, but I don't make the rules. The rules are made on high by upper management. I am middle management. Upper management says no grass. Even though middle management has years of experience in the grass eating area, upper management says no grass eating. Presumably so the dog doesn't throw up in the house. I get it. But if I knew the dog was going to eat a crap load of grass and then eventually throw it up or the, the other end or whatever, I could hang outside or whatever. I could take care of it, but there's no grass. So yesterday, all the dog wanted to do was eat grass. He didn't want to roll in the dirt. He didn't give a crap about the dog that lives next door. He just wanted to eat some grass and do whatever eating grass does to him. And I had to stop him. That was my job yesterday. Apparently, that was what I did. I stopped the dog from eating grass. And at one point, in an effort to stop the dog from eating grass, I gave him his dinner. I was like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you now because I can't take it anymore. You're killing me when I take you outside to poop and all you want to do is eat grass. So here's your right here. And it was exactly how it has to be the right amount of kibble, the right amount of wet food. He's got some pills you have to put in there. He won't eat it without his drugs. It's weird. I don't get it. Stir around, you let it soak, and then you give it to him, and he just, that not, no thank you. So my wife and uh, daughter get home, and I say, hey, by the way, uh, the uh, Hugo, the dog, Hugo must not be feeling well today because all he's wanted to do is eat grass, and he wouldn't eat his dinner. It's still sitting there, and I tried to get him to eat it again. He wouldn't eat it. So my wife, to do an experiment, she gets out the wheat thins. Now, the dog loves wheat thins. He loves eating wheat thins with Melissa. It's just a thing that they do. My wife and the dog eat wheat thins together. What can I tell you? He didn't want wheat thins. And at some point, he just went to bed, and that was it, and he went to bed. At three o'clock... In the morning, on the dot, the stroke of three o'clock in the morning, my wife decides to ask me if the dog needs to go out. Dan, does the dog need to go out? I, uh, what? I, I don't know. Well, did you take him out before you went to bed? Well, no, because he hadn't eaten in hours, and he went to bed, I kind of took him going to bed as my cue that I could go to bed. So no, I didn't. He probably has nothing in him. Well, he's in there now in Hudson's room. He's prancing around. I think he needs to go out. Now, I think he needs to go out, just so we're clear. Because I want you to understand. I think he needs to go out doesn't mean I think he needs to go out, period. Right. It doesn't. I think he needs to go out does not mean, Dan, I currently am holding a theory in my mind. That the dog requires a nature break, that is not what that means. That's what's being said. But that's not what that means. I think the dog needs to go out. Means you need to take the dog out. And again, we've talked about this before. I don't know why I am uniquely positioned 
to be the one to always take the dog out? I guess it's a guy thing that someone, if someone is going to get murdered walking the dog at three in the morning, it should be me. But the thing is, no one's going to get murdered outside of our house at three o'clock in the morning. Except maybe the dog. But no, right? So my wife could take the dog out. Either of the kids could, but it is automatically, without question, my thing. I guess it's a guy. It's a guy thing. That's fine. It's a guy thing. I get it. It's a guy thing. I guess I get it. But see, here's the thing. Honey, if you hadn't gotten up to pee and hadn't been so loud and then hadn't listened at the door of Hudson's room for the dog, he might be asleep right now. At the very least, we would think he was asleep right now. But I just love the, like, and no matter what words I say, uh, the, I cannot convince my family. You guys love the dog. I, he is chores to me. Random ass chores set to a set of rules determined by he and upper management. So needless to say this morning, a little sleepy, but no, that's okay. So, so I, I always, I often, unless Melissa's shooting a commercial or something, I, um, I am often the first one up and I am often the last one to bed. So you would think in theory, I am the most tired, especially since I am not my wife who doesn't, for whatever reason, need actual amounts of sleep, but. So, my, my daughter's very hard to get up in the morning, very hard. So, this morning when I got up, I said to Melissa, blah, 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 listen, I'm going to go jump in the shower, and then I'm going to, I'll start to wake up to Lou, and, and start to, because it's a 20 or 30 minute process of waking her up, waking her up until you reach the point of fury, and then you want to drag her out of the bed and beat her with her rain stick. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it has to get just before then. And then she finally gets up. So, um, so I go try to wake up to Lou. Uh, I'm so, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's that, and you know, you probably have a kid or a spouse or whatever that, uh, I'm so tired. I don't want to hear it. Right. But, but again, you, you go, you do the steps. You got to do the steps. So what I do is I go try to wake up to Lou and then I go in the kitchen and start to get her lunch together. And then I go try to wake up to Lou and then I go continue to try to get her lunch together. Then I go wake up to Lou and blah, 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 and I kind of go back and forth. So at one point of my backing and forthing, I needed the sink, but apparently my wife decided that was when she was going to wash her coffee pot, the single most important thing in the house. That's fine. That's fine. But what that means is I can no longer jockey back and forth between trying to wake up our daughter and getting her lunch together because I need the sink. I don't remember what I needed the sink for, but I needed the sink to like wash some fruit or something, right? So I decide because we're constantly having discussions about how I'm, I'm an a-hole in there. One of the ways I try to avoid being an a-hole is I eat constantly. Every two hours or less, I have to eat. That, that is one of the things that I do to attempt to not be an a-hole all the time. 
So because my wife is at the sink, I get my latest half a builder bar and I go sit down and I look at my phone and it's going to take me about two minutes to eat half a builder bar. So about a minute in to eating my half a builder bar, my wife walks by toward my daughter's room and says, Tulu, you got to wake up. I guess if dad's not going to get you up and stay on it, I guess I have to do it. Okay, what now? What just, what? I, I'm sitting, what, is, what just happened? I'm sitting here, I'm minding my own business. I'm eating two minutes, two minutes of my anti-a-hole bar. That's all I need. I have, what, is it because I'm looking at the phone that I'm suddenly, like you think I punched out and I got my feet up on the desk? So she does this drive-by. And they go in there and chat and she, you know, she harangues my daughter some more. And then she comes out and then I get up and I go back and wash some fruit. And the more, because it kind of, it kind of was, it threw me off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, did she really just, like, what, what would I even call that? Throwing me under the butt? Like, why is she bad mouthing me to myself, but sort of, in, like, I have no idea what just happened. So as I'm washing the fruit and everything, I can't get it out of my head. Like, why, why did she have to say that? Normally. I'm not even home this time of day. This time of day, I'm usually driving home from taking Hudson to school. But today I happen to be home. Hudson had a late start day today. Okay. But apparently because I'm home and apparently because when I got out of bed, I said, I'm going to try to wake up Tulu or I'm going to start wake up Tulu or whatever I said. Waking up our daughter is now my job and I'm failing at it. So I can't get it. I can't, I can't get it out of my head. And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I, we're having, this is exactly the kind of thing that she accuses me of all the time. It's like, why are you instigating a fight? Why are you being an a-hole? Why are you being so impatient? Why? So I tried. So, so we all, you know, everything finished up later on and Tulu wasn't around. And I said to Melissa and I said it and kind of, I, I, tried to say it. I don't know how I said it, but I tried to say it in the most neutral way. Hey, um, are you and I having a problem or something that I am not aware of? Like, is there something going on? And Melissa goes, I mean, she's totally shocked. She's like, what? No. What, what do you mean? Totally sincerely. My interpretation is total sincerity. No. What, what, what do you mean? And I said, honey, I sat down on the sofa for two, two minutes. To eat that builder bar after trying to get our daughter up, I think seven times. You saw me doing it. I sat down for two minutes and you have to do this like drive by thing where suddenly uh, I'm falling down on the job and oh, yeah, I guess you got to do it. What's, have I done whatever? So, of course, right at that minute, Tulu walks in. So, Melissa says, Can we talk about this later? So, later comes because she can tell I'm pissed off. And I'm trying to think of her explanation right now because I have theories about the explanation. But the explanation was, Dan, if you're going to do it, you've got to stay on her. But it was 20 minutes after seven and you were sitting on the sofa looking at your phone and you got to stay on her. By 20 after seven, she should be up. So you got to, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. 
And I literally, I think I started laughing because I, there's nothing I can say that will put my point of view into her head in a short amount of time. There's something I can say that can start what would end up being a 35 minute argument. Or I can just start packing a bag, which honestly, a lot of times really seems like the easiest alternative. Like, I don't like, she's like, well, please someone explain this to me. Is it because she's a woman and she has a big job, an important job, uh, the, the job, whatever. Is that what it is that she's bringing anxiety from her work style home and then laying that crap on me? Or is it because she has the big job that whenever I'm home, automatically everything is my responsibility that is not her doing her job? Or is everything I do the most disappointing thing in her life? Again, by 20 minutes after seven, normally I'm walking in the door and hopefully, yeah, our daughter is eating her breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I failed at getting her up. I worked on it five times to the point where I was starting to get angry. But here's the thing. Whenever Dan does something that starts to make him angry, like I have to not get angry, like trying to get her out of bed and having my daughter tell me I'm tired when I've been up later than her at night and up earlier than her in the morning for always. I can't take it. So I get angry. I don't know how my wife does it when I'm driving home. Theoretically, she does it without getting mad. I highly doubt that's the case. But in, I don't, I guess I don't understand. And we just, listen, we need couples therapy or I need an apartment. I'm not joking. I, I don't understand why everything suddenly becomes my job. If I am around and if she should be up by 20 after, then Melissa, help me get her up. Not, not by bitching at me to get it or do it right. Do whatever you normally do. This is normally your thing. Why is it suddenly my thing? Because you have to work today or, 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 or. Were you, did you just, were you just walking by and just being kind of a bitch for a second? And that's really all it was. But that if you admitting that you were just kind of being a bitch there for a second would require you admit you're wrong. Something that you've never done since we met. It's better to like, let's, no, we can't talk about it now because to lose here. Give me five minutes because it's going to take me about five minutes to turn this around in my head so it's your fault. But I'll get back to you. Trust me. I don't know. I don't know which is worse. If it was just a momentary bitch thing and that she just can't admit that she was just kind of like, why are you being a bitch? Right? Are we on the same team or do I work for you? Like, what is happening? So was it that or really is it just like, oh, I guess you decided that you had abdicated that job to me because I'm home and I was doing a bad job of it. And so you fired me. How does, how do people stay married? 
Does one of you just get a lobotomy? Is this what drinking is for? Like, how do you do it? Because before I got out of bed, I made the mistake of kind of rubbing my wife's back a little bit. I thought I would show her some affection. And so I rubbed her back. And you know what? Every time I do it, something happens within a half an hour that makes me regret it and feel like a freaking stooge. I know I'm not perfect. I'm trying. I'm trying. I know I can be an idiot. I know. I know. All all Melissa had to say to me was, Dan, she usually is up by now. You need to, or, or just do it earlier and not become a, a tyrant boss about it. I don't like the atmosphere in my home feeling like the one that my wife describes at her job. I don't think that's required. I really don't. I don't like going through every day having at least one moment where I think to myself, God, Jesus, the only reason we're together is so we don't make Tulu cry before she goes away to college. I mean, is that what's going on? Because sometimes, because, because I carry that around with me all the time. And then my wife will act like everything's normal. And then I just don't know what's going on. And I literally am like, I got to see a shrink because I don't know what reality is. I don't. I do not know what is real in my life at all. I don't know if what I see is the truth or what I feel is the truth. Or if it's the truth, it's just impossible to know because you can never know the truth because you can never be outside of it and inside of it at the same time. You can never be an observer of your own life. You see everything through your own eyes and no other eyes. You can't possibly put yourself in someone else's shoes even when you try. You really can't do it. So I really, like, in all seriousness, I don't know anything. Uh, during the weekend, Tulu, Tulu, my daughter, she's thir- she just turned 13 a couple of months, like a month ago, right? No, earlier this month. <clears throat> she turned 13. I love her more than anything. I love her. I don't want to say more than my son, but in a, in a different, I mean, it's a daughter thing. It's like, there's all that protective stuff and daughter, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's just a unique thing. I love my daughter so much that it's painful. And she's working on this short film project and she needs my help. And sometimes I don't really have the time. Or even when I do have the time, I feel like, like, listen, I'm always behind schedule. You know how, you know the lag time between when I record these shows and when they get out. I, I am not on top of things. I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind, behind, behind. And so next thing I know, last weekend, Saturday or Sunday, I don't know, we were in the middle of taking a break from trying to shoot something. And yeah, I, I was getting a little PV every once in a while. I'm not super dad. 
And Melissa takes me into the bedroom and she's like, you know, you're, I mean, not in these words, but you're, you're ruining your relationship with your daughter. Do you hear yourself out there? You keep, you're so short with her. Everything you say, I'm like, hun, we're working. Like, what can I tell you? But I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know what percentage of what I notice is the truth. If I'm parsing out all of the good things in this area and all the bad things in that area, I don't, I don't know the truth. And I think maybe that's just reality about everything is you don't know the truth. You kind of have to make your truth. And for someone that like wants the true truth, I, maybe I just need to get over that. And I need to decide what truth I want and then see if I can jackhammer my experience into that truth. Because otherwise I'm just going to drive myself crazy. Yeah, was I getting curt with my daughter over the weekend when we were trying to shoot? Yeah, I'm in the middle of having a, like, again, with my daughter, it's the same with my wife. If I'm there and we run into something that's kind of work, then suddenly I have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, my my daughter runs into a problem with shooting. Well, I don't know how we're going to shoot this. Well, she just kind of turns off, starts looking at her feet, waiting for me to come up with it. So then my wife looks, sees what's going on, that I'm like getting curt with her because she's like riding her bike around the backyard while I thought we were having a conversation about how to shoot her film. So all my wife sees is me being an ass. My wife comes out. Then Tulu actually does engage and solves the problem herself. And now I am a jackass because I didn't solve the problem. 90% of the time that we were working together, it was peaches and cream. But my wife sees this one 5% thing, and that's reality. But to me, the reality is the 5% or 10% or whatever percent it was, and I don't know because I'm not in a position to know what that was, where we were getting along great, that we were getting great footage, that we were collaborating, that we were creating, that we were making – because my wife is just like, oh, you're making all these memories of her, for her, of you being a jerk. I'm like, no, no. You're, you're making that memory for you. She's going to remember us making the short film. She's going to remember, I'm pretty sure, the happy times because my interaction with her, honestly, it's not the pins and needles that you always try to make it out to be. Like I'm this ogre that lives in that little house. Or maybe I am. And I just don't see it because I am the ogre. And there's just... I don't know of a true ogre mirror. I really don't. All right, thank you for listening to The Bitterest Pill. I hope you can hear me over that music. Ugh, I need to go back to having a mixer or something. There we go. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I think Megan might even still be here in the chat room. Uh, hang around, Megan. I was just about to look, and 
and then I didn't. So, this is a new uh, song I did a couple nights ago. Yeah, so, I think it's official. Let's just make it official right now. There's a show that I recorded between the one called Surprise and and the one called Hudson and Dan Have No Answers, I think. Is that when it was? Yeah. Maybe it was right after that. I don't know. But anyway, it's not going to get released. It was lame. I, I felt weird about it. And then I covered some subject matter that I wasn't prepared to cover. And I feel like it could be covered better later. But then also, I had to step out and get some Kleenex or something. And I played some songs, uh, some music that I thought was royalty-free music or something. That I, had done. I have this whole stash of royalty-free music, right? And YouTube flagged it as being uh, copyrighted. And the copyright holder was going to put ads against the video from my show. They're like, oh, God, I mean, whatever. Do I care? I guess not. And then I wanted to download the video to strip out the audio to make the show. And I couldn't download the audio because it contained a copyrighted song. I couldn't download my own video from YouTube. Yeah, the show is cursed. It's never coming out. Maybe I'll re-record it. Maybe not. I don't know. All I know is I'm locking it away in Prince's vault. Okay? Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Let's take care of some business. Of course, uh, how do you do this? There we go. Uh, thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash danclass. The show is made possible by all the, oops, no, Alpha Geek, by uh, contributors far and wide like Harold Goldner, Megan, Jeff Short, Rob Usden. Oh my gosh, I've got a hiccup. Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Jason, Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, Jim Cariotis. And many others, I think even Justin Long, but he didn't make the little thing here, did he? Sorry, Justin. Let's see. I don't even know how I put this thing together or I would change it right now. All right. Special special shout out to Justin Long. Thanks for the shout out on your show. I would plug your show right now, but my back hurts and so I can't think of the name of your show. Oh, that stinks. Let's see. Oh, wait, Megan still says she doesn't hear music. See, I hear music. You can't hear music? Let's see. Let's figure out why. I don't know, Megan. You should be able to hear music. Can you hear music now, Megan? You're missing music, Megan. You're missing music. Okay, now there's no music, Megan. Oh. Anyway. Oh, God, that's still on the thing. I'm sorry. Get, get... Uh, there we go. Anyway, that's been the bitterest pill. Uh, what can I tell you? It's the best I can do. Life is great. Anyway, listen, visit the website every once in a while at thebitterestpill.com. I mean, you know, really, there's nothing there to gain except that I update it. But I think the reason I update it is so the shows will actually make it to your phone. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Dan Class. Uh, or email me at pill at danclass.com. And of course, uh, check out the show live, 11.30 p.m. 11, no, 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 11.30 a.m. 2.30 p.m. Eastern. 
on Alpha Geek uh, Media, alphageekmedia.com, every Thursday, what I say, 11.30 a.m., 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, are we done yet? Oh, my God. All right, so I'm about to push the button that crashes the system whenever I try to play the um, Jacket Media thing. So let's see what happens. Megan, stick around. All right, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Uh, I'll talk to you next week if I'm uh, still around. Bye-bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. What happens is I forget, I, I finish the show and then I forget, oh, Dan, you're still on Alpha Geek Media. Like, it's still, like, you're still broadcasting. Do we call it broadcasting? I don't know. But I'm still, I'm still broadcasting. Anyway, all right, the podcast is over. Uh, I'm going to take this time to visit with Megan over Alpha Geek Media if I can find, let's see, Megan. Me, uh, okay. I knew I had a browser window open. Hello? No? Hello? No? All right, Megan's probably gone anyway. Let's put the music back on that you may or may not be able to hear. I think you can hear that. Megan Megan threw me off. I, I'm dying to know if you can even hear that. Okay, let's see. Okay, I'm rejoining the chat room. This is very exciting. I would play a video for you, but I don't have one. And whenever I play a video, it crashes the thing, so. Okay. Ah, uh, whatever. Autofill. Uh, how sick of autofill are you? It seemed like such a great thing at first. Now I, I've spent a lot of my time typing, managing autofill. Okay. So Megan and Austin may or may not still be there. But see, every time I have to reload the thing, I lose all the chat history, I think. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, um, Austin's there too. Hey, is that Justin? Is that Justin Long? Oh, no, A Measured Life is not Justin Long. A Measured Life is a fitness guru from Australia? No? Australia doesn't sound right. Anyway, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, I really wish I could work out the technology. It's not, let's be clear. I can work out the technology. It just unworks itself between every show. Right? So <laughs> I like, I have to come in here and reconfigure everything every time from scratch. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, Megan, can you hear the music? All right, we're just screwing around now. So uh, Deadpool, I guess, is available now on uh, download or whatever. I love Deadpool. I don't know that I would buy it because I don't really sit around re-watching movies. But maybe I do. Um, 
but I really like Deadpool, so you never know. Oh, from New Jersey. Oh, darn it. Darn it, darn it. Um, okay, so, oh, the other song. Nope. What's nope mean, Megan? No music? But OBS, OBS, uh, the thing, it claims that it's putting out music. Oh, God, what have I done now? All right, forget it. See, now people, people are just watching me screw around, I guess. Cancel? Hello? That is weird. Why is there no music? You know why there's no music? Because I have to reconfigure everything all the time. What if I do this? Will this... Okay, now is there music? No. See, I can hear the music twice. You should be hearing it at least one time. I give up. I give up with the music. I'm going to turn it down. I've been enjoying some great music that uh, apparently I'm going to have to put in the show after the fact. And if I wanted to put the music into the show after the fact, I wouldn't be sitting here with all this crap around me. I've been, that's the way I used to do the show. Put the music in afterwards. Ridiculous. Anyway. Well, unless someone has a question, comment, or criticism, we should wrap this up. Because uh, my wife wants me to drive her to the airport. Again, like, everything just resets. And yeah, everything's fine. And can you drive me to the airport? Like, do I have to? My son's uh, junior prom is next weekend, and they're, he and his girlfriend are not going because they are much cooler than I was. I totally went. I don't remember a moment of it, but I totally went. And not even, I don't, it's not that I don't remember because I was drunk or something. I just, no offense, uh, Jackie, my date, Jackie, but uh, I don't remember any of that. I wonder why. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Prince slash prom slash why don't I remember my junior prom? Now, I do remember my going to the senior ball. I was drunk for that. I was pulled over uh, for speeding and uh, drunk driving, not ticketed, on my way to a jock party. My first jock party in years, and I got pulled over. It was awesome. And by awesome, I mean horrible. But I still remember it. And that's something. So. Uh, and I don't know if you were here last week, but uh, I'm working on... We're going to start doing a pilot here for a new self-help show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> don't worry. I'm the before picture. Um, but it's a self-help show. So basically this friend of mine who has all these uh, ideas about how to get your life together, he's going to come in here. He's going to talk, uh, talk. I'm going to talk. He's going to tell stories about his life. I'm going to tell stories about my life. He's going to give us all advice on how to get ahead in this world. I'm going to try not to belittle that advice 
and then apply that advice and then uh, see what happens. <laughs> Megan used to manage a blog called My Sadness Happies You. Blogspot.com. That sounds like something I should read, actually. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna record that pilot next week. That's why I'm trying to get the studio set up in some way so he can come over, and we can do that. I need the self help. I need the help from him. I need the self. I need right. And I listen to some. You know, self-help stuff. But what the self-help podcast that I hear, what they don't have is the, the person that needs to be helped. I guess that's supposed to be you, right? As you listen. I get that. So my idea is why not have a self-help podcast for people to listen to where there's the person giving the advice on how you can help yourself and then a person so worse off than you that if that advice can help that ass H then it's bound to help you. If it can help straighten out Dan class, this is bricks of gold, right? I like it. So that'll be fun. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, who the co-host is. He's somewhat well-known if you know sports. I do not know sports at all which I think is also some of the humor of the show, that he's actually a... F well, I don't know how well-known an athlete is, because I, I, unless he's Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson, I've never, you know what I mean? On the college level, very well-known player. Uh, yeah. Who is going to talk to me, someone that has no perspective on, on his career whatsoever. But that's okay. That Trust me, it's, it works. So... Um, I'm getting very thirsty. I should check my phone. I want to make sure I'm not getting summoned from the house. Oh, no. No, that just... I wish I could play some Prince music or something. I think that would get us all in trouble, wouldn't it? So much great music that he has stalled in the uh, stored in the vault, and music even that had already been released. I would love the the family album on CD, please. That's all I'm asking for. The family, maybe Madhouse eight and sixteen, but really mostly just the family. There's going to be talk about the stuff coming out of the vault for the next ten years. I, can you just take the family back out of the vault? Why can't Warner Brothers just do that? Like I don't. What happened? Anyway, listen, this is it. We're done. We're wrapping it up. And especially now that you can hear my funky jams. What better time to stop than right now? Definitely need a fan. Up. I think I'm going to put a fan. Did I say this already last week? That circulates the air outside the studio so it doesn't get so hot inside the studio? Or am I the one getting hot in the studio and I'm the one creating the heat? Because, let's see, well, I am wearing a jacket. See, it's not even 80 today. It's fine. It's just my dress code because I, I look like such a wimp without my jacket on that I always put my jacket on. That's, that's why I wear a jacket on the show, you know. It has nothing to do with how warm it is in this room. It's because I look like a weirdo. Like a serial killer or something, a pedophile without my jacket on. So if I put the jacket on, it kind of fills me out a little bit and I don't look so odd. 
All right, we're done. Let's um, let's hand the reins of Alpha Geek Media back to some pre-recorded program where people talk about Dungeons and Dragons or ISPs or virtual reality or something. Anyway, this music that finally started playing is from my upcoming album. It drops in six months. All right, enough. All right, see ya. Bye, everybody. I forgot to put up the little... There we go. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's tough.